Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, it's Sparky Pfeiffer, 1250 AM, The Fan, beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Another edition of Green and Growing. Follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio. That man there, he is Nathan Marzian. You can follow him at Nathan Marzian on Twitter as well, or X, uh, if that's what we're going to call it uh, nowadays. Are we calling it X? We should come up with what we're no. going to call it on this podcast. No, it's, it's Twitter. It's Twitter. Okay, you and I are going to rebel and say Twitter from now on. That is fine with me, just like it's the Golden State Warriors, or the uh, Marquette Warriors. Sorry. Uh, okay, so uh, <laughs> let's let, let's talk a little bit about the Bucs. Uh, I had the uh, chance and opportunity uh, to take the uh, seven-year-old uh, to the Bucks game on Saturday night against the Pistons and going in, I was dreading they lose that game. And then all of a sudden everybody's really freaking out over the Bucks because the Pistons losing streak uh, was snapped. But uh, I will say this. Uh, I, I realized during that game and I tweeted it out, Marzia, I don't know if you saw it. I, the Pistons have a target on their back. Like you would, if you were the defending NBA champions, or if you had Giannis, or if you had LeBron on your back, because this losing streak has gotten to the point now where nobody wants to be the team to lose to the Detroit Pistons for them to snap the streak. So now, literally, like when the Bucs came out, they came out with energy. They were ready to go. Like you could just feel it like you are not beating us. We're going to put this bad boy away early and demoralize you quickly. Uh, and that's essentially what happened. And, and they were kind of out in front and in control uh, all night on Saturday. But do you agree with that? That in a weird way, the Pistons actually have a target on their back, even though they're horrible. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think it definitely juices you up a little bit. Like, okay, you know, let's just make sure we take care of business in this one. Let's be extra focused. It's like there's there's bad teams that kind of sneak up on you that I feel like the Wizards were kind of like that with the Bucks, where it was kind of like, okay, they get, you know, they got a little bit lazy in those games. They were kind of like, yeah, we can beat this team. And, and they did, even without playing their best basketball. But when a team is this bad and this much of a losing streak, it's like they're they're so bad that you have to kind of like like lock yourself back in to say, Okay, don't take them lightly because they're so bad that like we we can we gotta just make sure we win this game. So they're kind of bad enough that it makes teams just yeah go a little bit harder against them. Um, at least like you know in the first half of games just to kind of all right let's let's get them out of the way let's get up by twenty and then maybe we can coast a little bit the rest of the way. But yeah, I mean they they looked very good in that game. Some of it of course just has to do with the Pistons being bad and the Pistons missing shots and all that, but. They looked really good start to finish. It was the first game all year that they really dominated a game throughout. You know, they've had 
several wins by, you know, by 30, 20, 20 plus points, but neither one of them were they as dominant throughout as they were in this one. They were more like, okay, you know, maybe they had a, a close first quarter, close first half, and then ended up pulling away at the end or pulling away in the second half. But in this game, it was like, no, you know, from the get go, they were a big after one. They were, you know, just kind of dominant the entire game, never let it get closer than, you know, 17, 18 points, whatever it was. So yeah, they, they really controlled that one. And then also Sunday, they were, they were pretty good throughout. They had the lead pretty much that whole way. And, you know, again, you got close at times, but it really felt like they were in control for most of the game. So two very, very nice wins to get over the weekend and, you know, just get people feeling a little bit better about this team now that they've kind of gotten two two somewhat comfortable wins rather than the nail biting coming from behind type of wins they've had against bad teams previously. I will tell you, I was concerned going into that game Saturday that I was going to see Giannis resting on a back-to-back. I, I was concerned. I was like, oh, man, seven girls can be crushed if this dude ain't playing. But that's part of what it happens when you when you, when you you get tickets to a, a team against the Pistons. You're not really sure who's going to play. Middleton doesn't play. Seven-year-old could care less that Middleton wasn't playing. As long as Giannis and Lillard was playing, he was happy. Can I can I just make a suggestion? And again, Marzia, you're not going to really, probably really understand this because I'm coming at this from a father perspective more than I am from a true Bucks fan perspective. When I was your age, I never would have thought of such a thing as I am now. So you know how they fire out the, the Gruber Law Office t-shirts or whatever the case? Okay. So they were firing them up, and one flew like a roll right behind us. And this dude picked it up and handed it to the seven-year-old. I'm like, here you go, man. And my seven-year-old was just all excited. Oh, man, he got a t-shirt all excited. I was like, hey, that was, that was cool, right, that you know somebody would do that. And uh, so he was all pumped up. And then he's like, oh, I'm going to try and get one for my little sister and whatever. So he kept trying, trying. He didn't get another one, obviously. But my point is, it was an extra large for an adult is how big that thing is. Okay. I, I think and my suggestion is, if anybody at the Bucks listens to this podcast, I'm looking at you, Peter Fagan. If, if, if you're listening, you should have, I don't know, one or two times a game where you say it's a kid's t-shirt toss. And just say it's a youth large. Like, here we go. I mean, still don't make it like a youth small or youth medium. But everybody, every kid will get to be a youth large at some point. I'm an adult. I'm never going to get to XL unless I add on 100 pounds. Like, there's no chance I'm ever going to fit into that shirt. So even from an adult standpoint, there are adults that will never wear an extra large, right? But from a kid standpoint, if you said, okay, in the in the first quarter and the fourth quarter we're doing the kids t-shirt toss so now the kids know okay these are youth shirts here we go and then the other ones you know there uh, are the adults uh, that that's my thought uh, marzian what do you think not being a parent i mean that it makes sense you know i think that they obviously just do the the gen- like I, I don't know why they're think it should be large if they're going to do anything like just make it a large and that way most people or even a medium that we like you know either you or someone next to you probably can wear it so I don't know why they default to the XL a lot. Like, I just don't know how that becomes the the shirt that they throw out. But um, I, maybe they just assume that, like, well, people would rather have it too big than too small. So, like, we'll just throw out the biggest. You well, know, they're just the, assuming that people in Wisconsin are fat and everybody yeah, wears an XL. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I since I was young, I didn't understand that because there were times I got the T-shirt when I was younger and, um, you know, it was way too big for me. So I was just like, well, I can't wear this. Like, why don't they throw out a smaller size? But. Yeah, um, it, it makes sense. It makes sense what you're saying. Like do a like like kind of basically tell people which it's a kids shirt toss. kids t-shirt toss. Right. Yeah. Do it like twice yeah. a game. Just do it the first quarter, fourth quarter. You do it in the first quarter. That way you get butts in seats early. 
and you do it in the fourth quarter to make sure they stay in their seats until you do the last t-shirt toss for the kids. And that way the kids know. And that way the other t-shirt tosses that you do, maybe you do one at halftime, I guess, but the other ones are the adults and the kids don't have to get up and freak out. All the adults can get up with their beer in their hand uh, and try and and catch the extra large where they got the beer in the brat. I want to say too, I, I've never understood the like fascination with the t-shirt toss for people. Like everyone just stands up and goes crazy. And I'm like, it's a Gruber Law Office's white t-shirt with like a Bucks logo on it. Like this was a blue one. This one wasn't horrible. This was actually a blue one. It was actually pretty cool. I just, I never have under, I never have understood why it gets people out of their seats as much as it does. I understand it for the kids. Like, cause the kids are just kind of like, Oh, whatever. Like, you know, they're, they're just interested in whatever. If you have a free thing and you can throw it at them, they'll, they want it. But it's like just everyone just gets up and is yelling and half the time it's like they're doing it in the middle of the game like they have like the game going on and then like oh the bucks made a three here's a t-shirt toss and people are yelling for the i'm like i'm trying to watch the game like and then i'm like you people are like like the game's going on it's like fourth quarter kind of tight game and these people are like standing up and like focusing on the t-shirt toss and i'm like are you really like caring more about the t-shirt toss in this game that's like i i just have never understood it and obviously i'm someone that gets way more into the game than i'd say a lot of people do but I just, I, I, I'm always like, it's a t-shirt. Like I, I, even if you get it, I feel like you're not going to, you're probably going to wear that thing once and like, forget about it. I don't know. I think there's a couple of things to it. I think you have the people that have never won a thing in their life, right? They've never won a contest in grade school. They never won a contest in middle school, high school. They've never won money on a scratch off ticket. Those pull tabs. They never won a pull tab before. Never had three cherries or whatever it is on a pull tab. They've never won anything in their life. So now they're just standing up hoping to say they won something. And catching a t-shirt, right? I think that's one group. I think the other group is they just want something for free. They don't give a damn what it is. It, it could be, um, I, I don't know, a Bucks eraser for free. Uh, and they would stand up and they would want that Bucks eraser for free because it's free, damn it. And it's got a Bucks logo on it. And I want it. I, and it's for any sport, Nathan, right? I mean, if you go to a Milkman game, a t-shirt toss or a Timber Rattlers baseball game or an Admirals hockey game. Any sporting event or any or monster trucks, maybe anything that there is a free T-shirt toss. People stand up and it's not a Wisconsin thing. It is a across the country thing. This is you go to Boston, you go to San Francisco, L.A., Atlanta, Miami. People get into this thing no matter where you go. So it's not just an us thing here in the state of Wisconsin. Yeah, no, I I know it's all over and I someone's got to study like the psychology behind it or something like the like you said, it's just because it's a free thing that like they can catch and they're like, Oh, you know, I can basically be selected to win this thing or to not to win, but like, I can be the one that they throw this to. And like, it feels like you're, you know, battling the odds of like, if I catch this, it'll feel so cool. And it's like, it's a freaking t-shirt. Like I just, (laughs) I, I have never gotten, I mean, when I was younger, I did like, like when I was younger, I did, but I feel like, and I'm not trying to, I mean, I don't like, I don't even really care that much. I'm like, go have your fun. If you want to try to win, get the t-shirt, go ahead. But I just like, I have no problem with people doing it. I just have never understood how it works so well. Like, I'm like, how do they, how does this get that many people up out of their seats cheering, wanting this t-shirt? Like, I, I've just never understood it. That's all. And so, yeah, I, I mean, if you want to try to get the t-shirt, go crazy, but it's like, I, I'm always just kind of confused by how it works so well. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, John McLaughlin was there. It was Mac fun game as well. Saturday night. So the big Mac fun check presentation at halftime with Peter Fagan. Uh, and everybody down at center court. So that was cool too. All right. Andre Jackson Jr. Played in that game. A uh, seven-year-old uh, was digging Andre Jackson Jr. High flying, throwing down a dunk and 
all that fun stuff. Bucks fans have been all over the Andre Jackson Jr. bandwagon. I feel like I needed to make an apology possibly to Andre Jackson Jr. I feel like it's something I should do. We'll find out if I actually do it coming up next here on Green and Growing. Download it on your Odyssey app or every download your favorite podcast at C Sparky Pfeiffer, Nathan Marzian. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Green and growing here on your Odyssey app, or if you download your favorite podcast at the Sparky Pfeiffer, 1250amthefan.com. Follow me at Sparky Radio. Nathan Marzion, follow him at Nathan Marzion. Uh, as we talk about the Bucs and Andre Jackson Jr., Malik Beasley has been out. Uh, Andre Jackson Jr. has been getting the start uh, and has played fairly well. He plays defense. He brings energy. Uh, and before the break, I said, maybe I owe him an apology. <clears throat> Will I apologize? No, not yet. Um, it's it's December. I'm not apologizing yet. And what I'm supposed to be apologizing for, I think, uh, is me. And really, Nathan was a part of this, too. Uh, pretty much saying he can't shoot at all. And he's horrible. Uh, and he has hit more threes than I thought he'd hit uh, at this point and has been far better hitting the three than I thought he would be uh, coming into the season. Am I there to apologize yet? Not yet. If we're still if he's still shooting this way come February, then maybe I'll, I'll get on board. But again, I mean, we're not at Christmas yet. So from that perspective, impressed early though, that definitely impressed. He, he brings a lot to the table, uh, but really at the end of the day, the question is going to be whether or not he should stay in that starting lineup instead of Malik Beasley when Malik Beasley is healthy and can play again. What say you, Nathan Marzian? I definitely see the case for it. I see people, you know, and I, and I think some of the like Beasley needs to be in the second unit stuff is a little overblown because I'm like, they're really good with their starting five out there. Like that five together has played really well. They look good. They, you know, and, and no, Beasley's not a great defender. And I know having him next to Dame, like that's a, a disadvantage defensively in the backcourt, but they've played them down the stretch and like their defense down the stretch has been good. So I'm not 
I feel like they lock in when they need to and all that. I just, I do like their starting lineup. But I understand, again, people saying, hey, Andre Jackson gives you a little bit of the energy, the defense. He's a winning type of player. Like, he's going to make the right plays offensively. And, um, yeah, I mean, he's been hitting his shots, which I, if, I still don't know because I'm his misses are so ugly that it's like, yes. okay, I can't tell if he's actually a good shooter or if he's just getting lucky on some of these because – and I mean, I'm not trying to like, I'm really not trying to discredit him. Like we might be dead wrong. He might end up just being a, a decent shooter, but I'm like, the shot still looks ugly and it'll go in and you're like, okay, cool. It went in, but it did not look pretty. And then, you know, he had one off the side of the backboard the other night. He has had several air balls where I'm like, okay, is he, you know, is he a good shooter? Or is he just going like, I, I don't know. It's just kind of all over the place. It's pretty erratic. Maybe he, I think he might be a better, just in, in just straight up corner three point shooter than I gave him credit for. You know, I don't know if going back to college, if that was something he was good at in college, I don't remember. But, um, you know, maybe that's something that he's worked on is just hitting shots kind of from that area because that's where he's getting most of them and he's been decent on them. So, yeah, but I I see both sides to it. And I see people saying, you know, I understand people want Beasley coming off the bench, being kind of that scoring, shooting, giving you that, that pop off the bench. But, I mean, as of right now, I'm probably still starting Beasley. I think as long as Jackson gets some minutes off the bench, you know, I don't want them him to be playing three minutes and like not getting any run. I feel like he deserves some run. And then you can continue to really see what you have in this guy and see, you know, is his shooting going to stay pretty good? Is, is his defense consistent? Is he, you know, consistently making plays or, or does it come and go? Um, Cause again, I have a hard time starting a rookie second round pick on a championship team. Like I just have a hard time doing that. And it's like, I, we, we've, we've talked about this with AJ green. We've talked about it with Andre Jackson, with Marjan Bochamp. These are guys that, you know, yes, they're playing well. Yes. They are productive players overall, but when you put a guy in your starting lineup or when you talk about playing a guy, a ton in a playoff series, those have to be guys that you trust consistently, not guys that, okay, they can have a game or two or, you know, they have their moments, but it, it comes and goes like Marjan right now, kind of on both ends. It's like, yeah, he'll have a couple good games, but then there's moments he disappears. There's moments he doesn't look good defensively. That's someone that I don't have firm trust in playing big minutes in a playoff series until I see that. Because again, it's all, it's more about consistency. It's more about reliability come playoff time. So um, with Jackson, again, it's hard to put a guy like that in the starting lineup until you see it a little bit more consistently. He's been good. He's been he's been solid. But again, there have been moments where he comes out and, and he doesn't look that good. He gets a couple fouls and all of a sudden it's like he's back on the bench. So I don't know. But and maybe maybe I'm fine with it. You know, do it in a regular season here. You can keep him in the starting lineup for a little bit. Again, just experiment with it. See what you've got. And you can always go back to Malik Beasley in a month or two or whenever, you know, and then just go with that the rest of the way or go with whoever the rest of the way. If they make a trade, I don't care. But I don't know. I, I just, I'm not going to sit there and commit to Malik Beasley ha or uh, uh, Andre Jackson has to be the starter, you know, going forward. Malik Beasley needs to be on the bench going forward. Like that should be what they roll with. No, you know, I'm, I, I think it can be something they experiment with. It can be something they try out. But as of right now, if I trust five players, you know, if it's a game seven of the finals right now, I am putting in Malik Beasley in my starting lineup right. and going with the five. Let me ask you this Do you think this team goes through droughts? when say Giannis is off the floor to where they need that score that they don't have on the floor as part of that second unit. Cause coming in, it was, well, Bobby Portis will provide scoring. 
you don't really have that guard. Connaughton is more missed than hit outside maybe the playoffs, as Marzian points out. Um, but outside of that, uh, Cameron Payne has shot the ball better probably than I thought uh, coming into the season as well. Um, but that would be the argument for me is you need more instant offense off the bench with that second unit, and that's why you make that move. I don't think Beasley coming off of the first unit affects them offensively. Uh, it definitely doesn't hurt them defensively because I mean he plays hard, he tries, he's just not that guy like Lillard. Uh, so I, 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 for me, I see the reason why you do it if you think that second unit needs offense because you're struggling, and when these benches come in, you're losing that game time and time again. Uh, what what would you say to that? Do you think there's droughts consistently with this team once you know a couple of these starters go off the floor? To me, my bigger problem with the second unit is the defense. And that's, I think, an argument to keep Jackson on the second unit because they have been really bad defensively when, you know, Payne's on the court, Pat's on the court, Bobby's on the court, and they have that second unit come in. And, and like, you take Giannis out, you know, Giannis sits second half of the first quarter, and it's, okay, Dame, Chris is usually sitting at that point. It's it's going to be Dame, possibly Cameron Payne, and a pretty, you know, just a weak defensive second unit. I think that I like having Andre Jackson in that role because their their first unit has been good defensively overall. You know, you look at the minutes with that starting five playing, they've been good on both ends. Like their defensive rating is good. Their offensive rating is really good. I think that they can play good defense when that, when that starting five is out there. And then it's like, okay, the problems have come with that second unit. The problems have come with the guys off the bench struggling to play defense, just not having a lot of defenders off the bench. And that'll, that'll help, you know, when you have, or, get helped when you have Jay Crowder back because um, he's, you know, a defensive minded player, but I, I don't really see the offense as much of an issue. I think, you know, you've got Bobby to get points off the bench campaign can get points off the bench when he's, you know, on obviously pack when he's on is a good shooter. So I think they've got a, a decent amount of offense off the bench. And usually those lineups are going to have one of, you know, Dame or Giannis with them that, okay, those guys can carry the load offensively. You don't need, a guy to really completely carry the load. It's it's more of a secondary complementary role off the bench. So to me, I'd rather have the defense off the bench. I'd rather have someone who can win that starting five, which is good defensively, breaks up. Okay, but you've still got this defender you can put out there next to Dame or even when Dame sits, you know, having Andre Jackson out there for perimeter defense um, is, I think, beneficial because, again, we just haven't, with, with Payne and, and Bobby, those have been the two biggest ones where and they're the ones that play the most off the bench they're the two biggest culprits of like kind of the defense has been really bad when they're on the court so let me ask you this where are you at with marjan bochamp defensively when he's on the floor again it's inconsistent i i think he's definitely jackson you trust jackson more than bochamp defensively yes yes and marjan is better defensively than you know the guys i just mentioned bobby or or campaign yes like i'm not i'm not saying he sucks defensively but I haven't seen it consistently. I don't think he's some, as of right now, I don't think he's like a game changer defensively. I don't think he's some answer of, again, someone you can consistently in a playoff series put on good players and he'll lock them down. I don't see that right now. So to me, like on both ends right now, he seems like he's a a, a pretty good overall player and he's just inconsistent, which is normal for a young player, but he's inconsistent. He's not super reliable, kind of similar to what we saw from like Dante was always this way and he had a little bit more reliable defense, but like offensively, you just, there'd be games where he had 20 and you're like, 
okay, like he looked really good offensively. Then his shot was on. He was, you know, scoring around the rim. And then all of a sudden you go back to like, okay, now tonight it's like he can't do anything offensively. And there's nothing he can really hang his hat on like that. And that's kind of how I feel with Marjan, where it's just like, okay, offensively, what is the one thing that, and even defensively, what, like, what do you have that you can consistently bring? He'll bring you some shooting sometimes. He'll bring you some finishing sometimes. And the transition stuff has been pretty bad, but, you know, at times he'll make plays and then defensively he'll have games where he's really good, but then he has games where he struggles getting around screens and stuff. It's just, there's nothing that I'm like, I trust him consistently to do that. And that's where I'm just kind of like, okay, I, I don't know what, I don't know how to feel about him. I don't know how to, how to, how much trust I have in him. Defensively, I definitely have more trust in Mar- in Andre Jackson than pretty much any of their role players, you know, on the perimeter for sure. Like I just, he can get foul. He can, he can get too many fouls sometimes, but I just think he's better at staying in front of guys than anyone else on that team, you know, on the perimeter. So yeah, that's, that's the guy I'd rather have off the bench when you in the, the lineups that you really are struggling defensively, putting Andre Jackson in there more would help. So my, my take would be not that Andre Jackson needs to be starting and you know, all that it would be, he needs more minutes off the bench is my, my take. Like, I think he should be playing more. I'm not saying, you know, he's not some answer defensively, but he just, I, I think it'd be better off the bench than starting. Here's Nathan Marzan. Follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzan. You can follow me at Sparky Radio. Check out all the stuff I do over at 1250amthefan.com. Uh, and uh, coming up next, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Damian Lillard uh, and how we view Damian Lillard. Like, what were our expectations of Lillard uh, when the Bucks acquired him this offseason? And then has he met the expectations of Bucks fans to this point? We'll discuss that next here on the Green and Growing Podcast. Download it on your Odyssey app or wherever you download your favorite podcast at. Check us out on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page as well, where we do live streaming videos of these pretty much every time we do one. Hey, it's C Sparky Fiverr, 1250 AM, The Fan, along with Nathan Marzian. Follow me at Sparky Radio. Follow Nathan at Nathan Marzian. Great and growing podcast. Download it on your Odyssey app, wherever you download your favorite podcasts at. Uh, and, of course, YouTube there, Odyssey Sports page. Follow, like, subscribe, hit the bell for notifications, all that fun stuff they tell you to do in other videos. I try to remember to say it in our video, too. Uh, okay, Nathan Marzian, uh, Damian Lillard, uh, expectations, top 75 player, Bucks fans going crazy. Here we go. We got a chance to go win a championship, so forth. Uh, and I, for one, um, w- would say I'm uh, disappointed, uh, maybe would be the term uh, to use uh, as far as Lillard goes. And part of the problem with this is, <clears throat> well, I watch a lot of NBA. I can't say I've watched a lot of Trailblazers basketball in my life. I've seen a lot of Lillard and McCollum playing together and that type of stuff. But when you're watching, at least for me, when I'm watching another team, I'm not sitting here watching every little movement that the dude is doing and how he's playing constantly. I'm just watching a game. I'm not watching one guy. Now that he's here and I have a chance just to watch one guy, man, he just, there are times he seems lazy to me. Like there's lack of focus, um, lack of want sometimes, just kind of like moseying on down the court on defense or, and it's not just him. I've talked about Giannis doing the same crap lately uh, as well. And it, it drives me nuts. Um, but but from Lillard's standpoint, he gets, and he said it the other night after Gian, when Giannis had his 64, whatever, as far as, you know, you get to watch it and just want to stay out of the way. And that I agree with on a 64 point night. Okay, fine. I'm with you, right? The guy's having a night. Just get the hell out of his way. I'm with you hundred percent. 
I feel like it happens more than just with a 64-point game with him. I feel like there's a lot of watching uh, and a lot of just trying to get out of him and Middleton's way. And part of that is he's never played with two guys like this ever before in his life. Plus, Brooke, who could shoot the three and score around the basket. I mean, there is a lot of offense on this basketball team. And of the guys that you want to take a back seat, the guy you don't want to take a back seat necessarily is Lillard. Now, if you look at his numbers, you're going, well, crap. I mean, he just scored over 30 points. I mean, he's right between 25 and 30 pretty much every night, Sparky. What more do you want out of this dude? But I'm telling you, there are stretches where he literally either doesn't touch the ball or touches the ball once and then never sees it come back. And for me, it's, man, I, I, I want this dude to touch the ball every time down the floor, like every time. And we've got Milton bringing the ball up. We've got Giannis bringing the ball up. Bobby Portis pushed him away and brought up the ball the other night. And Lil was like, okay, and just went running over the other side of the floor. That type of stuff. Like, man, I just, I don't get it. it obviously, it's working. They're winning. One of the better teams in the NBA, fine. But we're talking about what my expectations were coming in. Um, offensively, yeah, he's he's that guy. Like, there's no question. I, I just, I'm a little bit concerned about just kind of how he plays. And obviously, he's probably played this way his whole career, and this is nothing new to anybody that's watched him in Portland with the Trailblazers. Uh, but but for me, it kind of drives me a little nuts because maybe because I'm old and that type of stuff drives me nuts. Uh, Nathan Marzian, you had expectations, I'm sure, for him as well coming in. Damian Lillard. Uh, how has he lived up to your expectations? Yeah, I mean, he hasn't, like, he started to get going the last couple weeks, last month-ish, where he's really started to look like the player that, you know, we expected, where he's shooting 40% from three, he's having 30-something point nights and taking over some nights, like the three ball is really getting back in. So he's definitely started to to meet my expectations and even exceed them a little bit. Like, his defense has actually been better than I expected it to be. And there's going to be, obviously, games and moments where, He's lazy. He's not locked in. He's he's bad. And it's just like, okay, you you expected that coming in, but I expected him to be consistently like a liability on that end. And I haven't seen that consistently. I've seen it like I feel like for 75, 80% of this season, he's been fine. Like he's been holding his own. You know, he's staying in front of guys at least, like giving some effort. And that's like I I truthfully better than I expected. I just haven't watched games and there's the, the thing I said going into the season was like, I don't want to watch games as long as I'm not noticing that he is playing bad defense, then he can't be playing that bad of defense. So that was kind of my barometer of like, we know how good he is offensively. Just don't be a terrible, noticeably bad defender. And we're fine. And I, again, for most of this season, I have not noticed, you know, his defense being bad. Like I haven't been sitting there going, Oh my God, this we're getting Dame's getting torched again. You know, Dame just allowed another guy to blow by him again. It's like, yeah, it happens sometimes, and that, that happens with every player. We saw that happen with Drew, where you know there's there's moments where okay, guys beat him, whatever. But I just have not thought it's been noticeably bad. And again, offensively, he's really started to get going. I know at the beginning, I kind of agreed with you, where okay, he he should have touched the ball a little bit more. But I just feel like the last month or so, like I've been much more happy with how much he's getting the ball, how much they're running through him. He's you know, taking 17 shots a game, he only took in 20, 20 to 21 usually in Portland. So it's like, obviously he's going to take fewer here when he has Giannis on his team, but to still be getting up over 17 a game. Hey, hold on. I got a question for you. You've got the numbers up there. You're looking at, I'm assuming what, what are Giannis's shot attempts this year compared to last year or the year before his, his Giannis's shot attempts also kind of creep back a little bit with Damian Lillard uh, in the fold or has Giannis's shot attempts stayed the same or, 
gotten even more than he's had in the past. So if we look at, because Giannis is playing more minutes this year, but per 36, he was at 23 in 2019, 20 in 2020, 20 in 2021, and then last year, 23 field goal attempts per 36 minutes. This year, he's at 19.6. So a little bit less than than yeah. usual. Um, and some of it is he's just been so efficient with his shooting, like, and that's be- largely because of Dame. You know, he, they get Dame, and all of a sudden Giannis has one-on-one post-ups more where guys can't help and can't double. And they've done that a ton where, you know, game is feeding him in the post on his side so that guys can't help off of him and Giannis gets an easy bucket. So his impact is is definitely seen more than just his scoring numbers or whatever. And Dame's averaging 26 and seven assists, 43% from the field, 36% from three. And the free throw shooting is something too that, and I, I knew about this stuff from, you know, looking at the numbers, watching him play, blah, blah, blah. Like I kind of pointed this out before the season. But even that is like once you actually see it played out, you you notice so much is like the dude is making eight free throws a game. And Drew Holiday was averaging, what, two, two and a half with us per game. I think there was I don't know if there was a single time in Drew's Bucks career from what I remember. I, I, I there was a stat. It was either eight or nine or seven. One of those three numbers where like Drew had never once made eight free throws in a game with the Bucks. And Damian Lillard is averaging eight free throws made with the Bucks, And that's the thing that when Dame is off uh, uh, with his shooting, you know, if he's having a night where he just can't hit anything, the dude's still going to put up 15 to 20 points usually by just getting to the line, getting his free throws. And his efficiency overall scoring, when you take into account free throws, that's basically what true shooting percentage does. His true shooting percentage is at 61-something percent, which is Giannis levels of, like, efficiency scoring the ball and so it's like even when he's even even in those he was still above 60 you know before when he was super bad from the field he was only shooting 37 percent and 26 percent from three you know the first eight games of the year but he was still above 60 percent true shooting because of his ability to get to the line so it's like even if he's shooting like playoff drew from the field he still has the efficiency overall scoring the ball of Giannis like basically like that's what that's telling you because of his ability to get to the line and just get points that way and he's such a good free throw shooter so I've been impressed with that like like I've just noticed how high his floor is offensively with his ability to get to the line and as I said I think he's getting the ball more you know he's been just overall handling the ball more as the season's gone on and I think people just had it in their mind that like as you said you're like I want him to have the ball every possession that's not really realistic. Like, it's just not, he's not going to have the ball all the time. And like, my dad was kind of the same way too, where the game started regular season started. And it was just like, get the ball today and get the ball today and get the ball today. And I'm like, dad, like we have Giannis too. We have Chris Middleton too. Like we have other good players. It, like, I know we want to get the ball to Dame a lot. We want Dame to be a huge part of this offense, but not every possession has to be about Dame. Not every single clutch possession has to be immediately get the ball to Dame. Where's Dame? Where's it's just like, chill. Like we, Dame's going to get his shots. Dame's going to have his moments. Dame's going to score a bunch of points. He's going to be really, really good. It it doesn't have to be forcing him the ball all the time. And so I've been, I've been fine with, you know, more fine than most with, with Giannis having some possessions with Chris having some possessions and even just Dame saving some energy that way, where he doesn't have to do everything. He doesn't have to bring the ball up all the time. Do I still want to him to have the ball most possessions? Yes. But I just, I never looked at it that way. Like when he got here, it wasn't for me like I wasn't expecting him to just every single possession. He needs to have the ball. He needs to be the one always bringing it up. It's like 
yeah, that's that's gonna happen most times naturally. Like he's just gonna have the ball the most, but it it's I've been fine with it. I've I haven't I don't have too many complaints other than you know, it just took him some time to get his shot going. It took him some time to really get going offensively, but now he's cooking, now he's looking good, he's getting a ton of assists as well. Like he's just playing really well. And so I'm I've been happy with him. Um I, I don't have the stat, but do we think he brings up the ball more than he doesn't? Because, I mean, I, I to be honest with you, I feel like Middleton and Giannis bring it up just as much as he does at this point as far as initiating the offense. I don't know if that's that even exists. It probably doesn't. But as far as bringing up the ball and initiating the offense, I feel like they do it just as much as he does. And the other night, Bobby Portis was doing it uh, a, a ton as well as bringing, as bringing the ball past half court and then, you know, passing out and uh, letting the offense work. I don't know. It, it's just something that I noticed. The other thing I noticed on Sunday uh, in that Rockets game, where Giannis decided to go one on four or one on five, whatever the hell it was. Um, and he went and scored and got the end one or whatever else. And Middleton came running up to him and you could read Middleton's lips of dude, look around. You could have made a pass because literally Brooke was open. Lillard was open. Like everybody was open and he still went and did his thing up and got the foul and got the score and all of that thing. And I, I think that's healthy. And I think that's good uh, to have a Middleton or Lillard like, cool like glad you scored but do realize you did have other guys that were wide open that could have knocked down a three you know maybe around you at that point I think it's good for Giannis to kind of still hear that in his ear about trust your teammates trust your guys around you there are still guys out here you know that can that could put the ball in the hoop as well yeah no for sure and 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 that's the thing too with with both of these guys with Giannis and Dame it's getting used to having a guy like that on your team. You know, Dame's not used to having someone like Giannis. Giannis isn't used to having someone like Dame. I expected there to be some growing pains. I expected it to take a little bit of time for them to really click and really just be in sync. And they're still not totally in sync, but it's gotten better as the season's gone on. And again, that's when we talk about, you know, how, how would you, how do you feel about Dame compared to expectations like that? I did expect that. I didn't expect this to be Dame comes in and is averaging 35 and shooting 40% from three immediately. Like, no. And we know he's a historically slow starter. Like that stuff was all like, okay, I, I expect this. You know, I, I don't think I expected the level of like his three point shooting took, you know, it was really bad to start. And I was like, man, like he, he's not hitting anything. Like it was 26% for, you know, the first couple of weeks, first three weeks. That was, that was the only thing that to me that was like disappointing at first was like, man, his, his shots just really off. Like I didn't expect it to be this bad to start. But I knew, you know, back of my mind, okay, it's going to get better. He's Damian Lillard. He's going to heat up. And just like that, he's above 36% on the season now. He's had a long stretch of shooting over 40% now. So it's just like he's he's Damian Lillard. He's what I expected. He's been really good. Again, probably better than I expected defensively. It's going to still take time for him to totally click with Giannis and, and, and get completely acclimated into this thing and really figure out, you know, how much he wants to shoot the ball when he wants to pass, when he wants to be unselfish and when he wants to be selfish, it's, it's going to take time for the whole team, you know, and then, you know, as like with Chris figuring out, okay, when do we want to get the ball to Dame in the clutch? When do we want to, you know, when does Chris want to take it up himself? I, and I think too, you mentioned, you know, that it seems like Chris is taking it up just as much. It seems like Dame, there's time he doesn't want to take it up. I think they have something planned out that they want to get Dame more a little bit more off the ball and have him start off the ball in possessions sure. because it and again I'm not saying I totally love it like I want Dame to have the ball 80 to 85 to 90 percent of possessions bringing it up like I just trust him as the ball handler but it, it looks to me like they talked about something and said 
and, and came to some agreement of like, like I think Dame wants to be a little bit off ball. And they said, it's a little bit easier to, you know, and it's the same with when Giannis brings it up. It's easy to generate a defense to stop you when you're bringing the ball up. Like you, cause everyone knows what you're doing. You have the ball. So it's just like, okay, you can kind of swarm that guy, make him get rid of the ball. And all of a sudden, you know, someone else has the ball and you're it. Okay. When Dame starts without the ball, you don't know where you don't know what he's doing. And all of a sudden it kind of, you, the defense can shift towards whoever has the ball. And now Dame has an opportunity to really thrive. You know, once the defense is shifted, once it's a little bit off balance, Dame kind of can get his shots that way. So I think they're, they're trying some stuff out. They want to use Dame off the ball a little bit, use him on the ball. You know, he's going to get used on the ball a lot, but in the clutch, it, you know, Chris was taking most of those possessions and it, it was like, it was by design. You could tell like Dame wasn't, trying to get the ball and Chris was ignoring him. It was guys would get the rebound and it was, Oh, we're getting it to Chris. Like Chris is bringing the ball up and Dame was fine with it. They, everyone seemed like they were on the same page with it. And again, not saying I, I love it. I want Dame to have the ball more, but you could just, you could tell it was like, okay, I think they want Dame to be off ball in some of these possessions. I think they want, they say, Hey, we, we have another guy that can bring it up in Chris. Let's use Giannis and Dame off ball so that it's harder for defenses to really key in on those guys. And you can kind of unlock them that way. Here's Nathan Marzian. Follow him on Twitter. Nathan Marzian. Follow me uh, at Sparky Radio, 1250 AM, com as well. Back at it again coming up on Thursday night. Between now and then, Tuesday, uh, they have Wabanyama and the Spurs. We're going to that game uh, as well, taking the 16-year-old this time. So looking forward to seeing Wabanyama up close and personal on Tuesday night. Thursday, it's the Magic, the one of the surprise teams of the NBA. We'll see how that one looks. Don't forget, tell your friends, tell your family members, green and growing, uh, talking Bucks basketball Nathan and myself. Download in your Odyssey app every download your favorite podcast at. Check it out on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page as well. Like, subscribe, hit that little bell for notifications, all that fun stuff. Enjoy the rest of your day.